Yes. The metal sign is always positive in our community. <laughs> um, community. Fucking <laughs> dickheads. Fuck you. What community? Like the metal community? Yeah. <laughs> Your face then was amazing. Because you tried to be like, like wild bunch tough. Going, yeah. Our community. <laughs> but it the came posse. across as like Garth Marenghi. <laughs> I was going for golf. That's good. That's good. Then you, um, you nailed it. Hello and welcome to Too Much Time on Our Hands, the theatrical cut. As ever, I'm Terry, and I'm joined by someone who's chomping into the microphone i'm not chomping i'm stop. doing your wet mouth voice that you always <laughs> no, do just... before you introduce stop it letting people behind the curtain <laughs> there you right sonia behind the curtain they can hear you do it stop it <laughs> <laughs> i have to edit this shit uh hello terry dear hello and as you may have heard still with us is dan yeah <laughs> To be honest, I think he wishes he was anywhere but here right now. Dan from the Motherpod. Hello. Hello, Dan. Hey. Uh, we're hoping to get a bit more input out of you uh, this time. Yeah, I might have watched some of the films. Yeah, you might have yeah, done. Yeah, and right. is, your, uh, is your, be your rugby game finished? Yeah, it's finished. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got the other one in the background. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Does it Christ. never end? <laughs> On a it Sunday really night, doesn't. No. no, it really doesn't. I'm not paying any attention to it, though. So, um, as per last episode, we are continuing to talk about films, um, about fictional musicians, and I'm hoping Terry's going to be able to lead the next one. Terry, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, So, the next one that we have on our list is a film that I know Terry's watched recently. Dan, I'm assuming, has seen it. It's The Blues Brothers. So, I watched this for a previous pod. (laughs) What now? He's laughing. You can hear me rubbing my hands. (laughs) Very unorthodox technique. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, so I'm rubbing the back of my hands together because I don't like I don't like it on my fingertips. Yeah, I don't. I've got this thing as well, like I don't like uh, touching little food. So Lucy laughs because I eat cupcakes with a fork because I don't like touching them. I don't like Vaseline on my fingertips and I don't like eating crisps out of the packet. All right, I have to pour them into my bowl. Let's go. Cool. So yeah, so I watched Blues Brothers a couple of weeks ago for our. Comfort films, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and it was the first time I seen it. it was my Kex file, so covering the ground there. So we are following the Blues Brothers, who are brothers, uh, Elwood and Jake. <laughs> yep, yes. being correct there. So Jake has just got out of prison, and Elwood picks him up, and they basically find out that the it wasn't not like an orphan. Was it an orphanage? Yeah. The orphanage they grew up in is about to be knocked down due to unpaid taxes. <laughs> Of $5,000. So they basically go on a pilgrimage to get the band back together again so that they can do a massive gig, get the money, and save the orphanage with hilarious results. Mm-hmm. Dan, would you like Japes. to? Japes. Japes, yeah. Japes abound. Was there t- tomfoolery? Yeah. They're on Shenanigans. Mission, they're on a mission from God. And, yeah. and, and it's just, it's <coughs> a who's who of blues artists throughout the whole film. It's It's. Obviously, them having a list of people that they'd like to get involved in a movie and then them getting them in the film to be the backing band. Um, the songs are incredible, yep. although very rarely original. 
Um, that doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter at all. As we'll discuss in a later film that yeah. we're going to talk about. But it, it just, it works so well. It might be John Landis's best film, potentially. Did he not do American Werewolf in London? I prefer the Blues Brothers. Didn't he do the Thriller music video? He did, he did do the Thriller music video, yeah. I mean, Blues Brothers is right up there for me. I haven't watched it again mm. since I watched it for the podcast. But you did watch it quite recently. I did watch but... I want to get it on Blu-ray, mm, and okay. every time I've been anywhere, I've not seen it in stock on Blu-ray. Because mm. there's apparently there's like a fancy new remastered one, which is obviously the one I want to get. I don't want to get like a bog standardy job. Um, but yeah, for me, American Werewolf in London would be better than this on present. I love American viewing, Werewolf but... in London, but I mean the other thing for me is I've obviously got a lot of ties to Chicago in terms of Chicago, uh, Chicago, in terms of American football. And, oh, and I whatnot. thought you were talking about the musical. I, I've seen the musical. Mm. Uh, but I, I, um, I just think it's great, and it's got loads of different types of music as well. You've got the good old boys in there as well, who are hilarious, even if it's just the line. You look real funny in corner of the cob with your <coughs> fucking teeth. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a good film. The music's great. It's definitely a musical. There's no yeah. denying that. This mm-hmm. music, um, sporadic, not sporadic. That's that's uh, rarely. Consistently, there are songs played throughout the film. And some of the artists they get in it are pretty unbelievable. So the Ray Charles cameo is my favourite thing oh, about when it. He, when he shoots the He the shoots gun. the kid. And it's when he puts the poster up and just stands there smiling and the poster's upside, upside down. down. It's just little things like that that get me. Just the, just the details. And it's... But the the way, like, even the language in it, it's hilarious. Even when they just say scmots is, is mm. really, really funny. It's just how it's ridiculous, but... It's not true. Like when their hotel gets blown up, yeah, they just stand up, dust themselves down, and walk off. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no sort of what the fuck was that? Just carrying on. And obviously, I talked about it before, but the the car chase slash crashes, the second one where that tr- car goes off the ramp mm. and somehow immediately becomes like five hundred feet in the air, yeah, and just falls straight down and c- takes up the other car. Magic. It is just. There's some great physical acting in it as well, but I mean, I suppose you want you know we want to talk about the the music in it. Yeah, really. if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just it was it started off as an SNL skit, didn't it? Yeah, I assumed yeah. that was the case because it's Dan Aykroyd's first like writing yeah. credit, isn't it? But it, it became so much more, and then, then they started doing concerts to the Blues Brothers. That they're regularly doing concerts to the Blues Brothers, um, and then they did Blues Brothers 2000, which is just one of the worst films ever made. So yeah, don't ever watch it. But it's all the songs are instantly memorable. There, are, I listen to the soundtrack regularly. I think mm. it's a good a sign of a good film, especially about a fictional band. There's probably a handful of soundtracks that I can just listen to. Start are they to original finish. songs? No, no, no. A lot of them are old blues songs um, that they've just turned in for th- this as well. Uh, like I even uh, everybody needs somebody was mm. oh god, what's his name? Solomon Burke. Mm. That was originally he originally did it, I believe. <coughs> Um, so like they're not original songs, but um, they are they're very much Blues Brothers songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. like most people would recognise all those songs from the Blues yeah. Brothers. No one recognises the Peter Gunn theme from anyone anywhere else but the Blues Brothers. It's it's just it just works so well. And that end like the big crescendo concert at the end. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd could really fucking move. Yes, and John Belushi as well. Yeah, like proper like the way they're swinging their legs, like getting up on their tippy toes. Magic. I think you've got to have some clout to be able to get uh, someone like James Brown 
or Aretha Franklin, or as we mentioned, Ray Charles mm. involved in the film. Um, I think that they, they're obviously doing something right. I don't think you can just go up to these people and say, do you fancy being in a major motion picture? Mm, probably not. Mm. Decent, yeah. Gets a thumbs up. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, cracking film. And like you were saying um, about the soundtrack, mm. something which I was going to um, ask, uh, something which I mentioned in the last episode was about the A Star Is Born soundtrack, saying that I wouldn't listen particularly to the older one because uh, I didn't really like the songs mm. as much, but I was already listening to the new A Star Is Born soundtrack. You obviously listen to Crazy Heart mm-hmm. soundtrack. And I think that's um, a really good sign of these films is... Would you listen to the soundtrack of this film? I also film? really like the Inside Lewin Davis soundtrack. I was about yeah, to say that. Exactly yeah. that. It's like, would you listen to these songs outside of watching the film? And I think if the answer is yes, then it's a it's a sign that yes, it's been a good film about a fictional mm. band. Um and also, you know, as someone who works in a popular high street music store, um, there are certain um movie soundtracks that you you constantly have in stock because they constantly sell and mm. Blues Brothers is one of those. Yeah. It's just a constant stock item because people will always buy it. Yeah, I was aware of the songs even having not seen. Yeah. Yeah, you know the songs before you possibly know the songs before you know the film. Mm. Yeah. Defo. Okay. Just quickly, even yeah. that opening quote from everybody needs somebody with it. We're so glad so many of you can join us tonight. Mm. We especially like to welcome the members of the Illinois Law Enforcement Agency. It's just like that was ingrained in me from like the age of like six or seven. Just and, and and I remember then listening to it, being drunk at a party and it coming on and just being able to remember, just nostalgia, like it, it's such a big part of a lot of films and particularly films involving on music because music <coughs> takes you places that mm. other things, that sounds wanky, but it's true. Totally with you, Dan. Yeah. Um, and there's something really nostalgic about music. So as a result, <coughs> like most of it's based around um, an era rather than necessarily a genre which is the Blues Brothers mm. Mm. Sweet. Okay, moving on to the next one. The next one was actually um, a listener suggestion, and um, I thought it was a fantastic shout. I hadn't thought of it. Um, and it's Get Him to the Greek, which I re-watched uh, the other day. Um, we're going to go straight to Terry to get his thoughts on the film Get Him to the Greek, and then Dan and I are going to talk about it. Terry? Don't like it. Okay. Don't like Russell Brand and I don't like Jonah Hill. Okay, moving on. Yeah, I fucking love it. Oh my God. <laughs> I fucking love this. Furry Walls, I've listened to, because when, the one thing I, when when I, I knew I was going to be on this pod, the one thing I did was go through like Spotify playlists of uh, fictional bands. Okay. And Furry Walls came on and I must have, on that drive, I must have put it on four or five times in a row. Mm. Um, all the songs were written by Carl Barrett as well from the Libertines. No. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, can I just do a little bit of blurb before you before you go on about any more facts? Um, so just quickly, for those people that have not seen Get Him to the Greek, um, Jonah Hill plays Aaron Green, who works for a record company. Um, he is tasked with getting um, Alder Snow, who is an out-of-control rocker, to a show at the Greek Theatre. Um, Aldous Snow um, had a flop record and has broken up from his girlfriend. It's his girlfriend, isn't it? Not his wife? Yeah. Uh, she's got one of the best songs in it. Yes. yes. Rose Byrne, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Rose, Rose Byrne plays Jackie Q, who was Aldous's, um partner. They split up. He had a flop record, so he's gone out. He's lost it. He's gone out of control. Um, and basically, the film follows um, Jonah Hill and Russell Brand as they 
make their way to the Greek theatre and have many adventures on the way. Um, and it's touch and go whether or not they'll get to the Greek in time. Um, Terry doesn't like it because he doesn't like the two actors. I would actors. say I've really enjoyed Puff Daddy or whatever, yes. he, oh calls my God, him, whatever he calls himself these so days. The, I'm uh, fucking well, you right now. Sean, Sean Coombs is what he's uh, listed as on the credits. I mean, I've got basically after the blurb, the next thing just says, excellent turn by Puff Daddy yeah. as Sergio. Um, I think the line, well, there's, you can't outrun me, I'm black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's chasing them, when they say this this corridor goes on forever and he says it's, it's Kubrickian or something. Um but when um, Aaron gets a text from him and he's reading it yeah. in Sergio's angry voice and it's just like, Aaron, where the fuck are you? I'm going to kill you. Smiley face. <laughs> but he's reading it in the voice and he's just like, I've got six kids. Do you know how many Air Jordans um, six black kids wear and stuff like that? It's just so, so brilliant. All of his lines. It's biggest loser time. And that yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his favourite show. Yeah. It's his favourite show. But the cameos in it. So we were talking earlier about the cameos in Popstar. Mm. And two of the cameos in Popstars, you had uh, Pink turn up. Yeah. Um, and she basically has the same cameo in both films where she is seen out dating mm. the uh, fallen rock star. And Pharrell <laughs> turning up in phones. He is fucking funny in his little cameo in this because he's turning up in the pink shirt, isn't yeah. he? Why are we going to be gangster? The song's called I'm, I'm Gangster. I'm Gangster, yeah. And he's just going, lose the pink shirt. It's not gangster. Um, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I think that the the songs are good as mm, well. Yeah. Um, and actually, because so, um, I... Uh, the, the Struts, the band The Struts, have yeah. a new album out recently. And I actually thought that the... Um, the song The Clap. Oh my God. Close your eyes. That could be a strut song yeah. that you're listening to. I mean, really, really brilliant. And just everyone in it is so funny. And Rose Byrne, I'm talking about, about my, my arsehole. arsehole. Um, the, her song's brilliant as well. The fact that she breaks up with Aldous and starts going out with Lars Ulrich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which you think is a joke. And then he appears in her bed. <laughs> and it, the, it, it's actually Lars. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really, really, really rate this film. Vicky, thank you. Such a fantastic shout. If Vicky hadn't suggested it, I, I would have told... This this film would have dropped off my radar. Not in not because I don't like it, but because it didn't it didn't spring to mind as a film about a fictional musician mm. because it's, that's exactly what it's about yeah. and because he's performing throughout the film as well. But what I will say is I think this is very similar to Popstar. Mm. Um Certainly, the 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 songs are the, as well. The songs and the the fallen pop star trying to mm. pop star slash rock star trying to maintain their celebrity status, very similar. Mm. But the, the the songs are, as you say, the songs are genuinely good. Something like um, "Coming Up," which is a, a really good song, and we we used to listen to this album at work all the time. Um, Do you like the song "African Child"? <laughs> I said anyone I can remember, African Child. <laughs> It's so fucking bad. hell. It's fucking awful. But he, it, I think only Russell Brand could have played Elder Snow. I don't think... I, I think Russell Brand's a bit of a twat as well. But I think he's perfect for Elder oh, Snow. Oh, so perfect. And I think yeah. the fact... Sorry, I wasn't talking into the mic thing, so I was going to cough. The fact that he's so British yeah. um, makes it perfect as well. Isn't this like a spin-off from Forgetting Sarah Marshall? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, because he says, he's watching TV and he goes, haven't I dated that girl? Or haven't I had yeah, sex yeah. with that girl? Because then comes up with Sarah Marshall and he went, oh yeah, I have. Um, it's just, it's, he's just brilliant in it. I think his performing is brilliant in it. The adrenaline shot scene is amazing as well. Yeah. 
with uh, Jonah Hill. But then the bit where he's suggesting the threesome with Jonah Hill and his girlfriend, <coughs> and she kind of goes for it. Mm. And just the, the noises he's making under the cover is hilarious. But it's, yeah, I, I, I really like it. And I think the songs are a reason why I, I genuinely like that film. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think everything about it. Mm. Um, great actors, it's funny, songs are good. Love it. I, def- I definitely recommend this film. Yeah. Um, cool. Next one then. Similar to what we were saying about the Blues Brothers, about soundtracks being amazing. Mm. The Commitments. Oh, my God. Never seen it. Oh, Fucking my God. Fucking hell. Yeah, Terry, why the fuck wasn't I'd... that your kex file? Couldn't find it. Well, it's because people don't want to give it, it up. It was yeah. discontinued for the longest time as well. It's really hard to get hold of. And now it's it's, it's available again, so it was quite hard. Yeah, no, I wanted to watch it, but not on Netflix. Couldn't find it in Kex. Oh, my God. You are so missing out. I know, I know. It, it's, it starts the book's brilliant as well. It's, it, I don't yeah. read many books, so if I'm saying the book's brilliant... That means that so you've got I've, lots of pictures. Yeah, it's really handy. I, it means I've gone to the trouble of reading the book because I love the film as well. I, I, I didn't realise <coughs> that um, Glenn Hansard's in the film. Mm. I didn't realise that was him, like the guitarist in it, Glenn Hansard mm. from uh, Once. But it's um, yeah, really, really good. And when you know, when my parents used to drink. That was like the one where they'd get particularly Irish and put the commitments on. Mm. You know, it's one of the first films I thought of when the category came out of the hat, despite the fact I hadn't seen it. So, for those people that have been living in a cave um, f- for the last, however, long, how old's the film? It's like ninety-five, I think. Yeah, yeah it's so the last twenty long. years or so. Um, the. Well, I'll say the main character. There's lots of main characters in this mm. film, but Jimmy Rabbit starts a band, um, basically holding auditions at his house, um, and he wants to start a soul band. Um, and he gets this rather large group of people mm. together um, from all sort of like different <clears throat> backgrounds and music. And a bit. Who's who's that? It's my. Who's not silent? It's my laptop. Hang on. Um, Sorry. Um, yeah, it gets all these people together from all these different backgrounds to sort of come together, perform as a, as a soul group. Um, and at first, some of them are a bit surprised that that's the kind mm. of music he wants to play because, and some of them are just kind of like, you know, we're not really feeling it because basically what they're getting at is that they feel that they're playing black music, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Um, and that's when he comes out with the famous line, I'm black, black and, and I'm proud, because um, none of them are black. Um but what I found really interesting about this film is when they were doing the audition process, mm. everyone audi- basically had to audition their musical ability. Mm. So people were coming and either singing or playing an instrument and that's how the cast was picked and then they were assigned a role based on what they could do. So it wasn't a case of let's get 20 actors together and we'll auto-tune them or they'll have guitar lessons for two weeks or whatever or they'll mime doing something it's mm. like the drummer can drum the guy playing the trumpet can play a trumpet the girl singing can actually sing and the guy singing and the guy singing so andrew strong plays deco mm. who's like the main singer in the group and he has discovered pissed at a wedding mm. so the wedding singer is having a break he's pissed and picks up the microphone and sings into it and this jimmy rabbit sees him it's just like, oh my god i want him as the singer when he approaches him this guy doesn't even remember doing it because mm. he'd been pissed and he was just kind of like, oh, okay. But he's quite cocky. He knows he can sing yeah, well. Yeah. And he kind of knows that the group, 
need him, want him. I mean, he is, as far as I'm concerned, the, the main talent of it. Yeah. Um, they can all do their stuff well, but he knows that he's like really the key talent here. So he really kind of is a bit of a dick, isn't he? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I'd love to go back and look at how it, it's a typical kind of almost superstars film, if that makes any sense. And I'd love to go back and, and see how many times that were done and how, how whether this was one of the, the original ones that about like a, a band that nearly, just mm. nearly kind of does it. But um, it, it, there's so many archetypes in it. You've got the trumpet player who used to be a superstar, like session trumpet player. Mm. Like when they're talking about, you know, the Beatles, all you need is love. That's him. Yeah. And stuff like that. <coughs> Um, and then you've got the guy who's just picked up a saxophone but gradually gets better and better throughout mm. the film to the point where he kind of, yeah, he outplays it. it. Just everything that can go wrong will go wrong, but at the same time everything's going incredibly right at the same time mm. until they meet in the middle and then, yeah. I don't want to spoil it for you because you, it's such a great film. It, it's, it is a really, yeah, it is a really great film, but um, <laughs> even the guys like making a film... Like have admitted that mm. there's actually no real plot to the film, but mm. the band just get together and play, um, and and that's it really. But the way I looked at it mm. is, you've got these people and they can't they live in like a really rough part of Ireland, yeah. don't they? And they've all got they've either got really shit jobs or no jobs, mm. um, and it's almost like getting this group of people together and giving them something to look forward to. Because one of the yeah. characters actually says. I need something to look forward to. She's at home looking after her like younger brothers and sisters. Her mum's pregnant and she's like she's due to give birth any day, and she's she can't go to work. She's missing band practice because she's having to stay at home and look after her mum's kids. Um, and um, you know, Jim is there saying you should be at band practice. She said, "Trust me, as soon as I can be there, I can. I'll be there because I need this band." Because she needs something to look mm. forward to, and I think a lot of them are like that, aren't they? Because they've just got these shit lives. Yeah, um, but when they all come together and it works, it's it's amazing. <coughs> there's more to it than that. There's like a real, there's like like a local hero vibe to them. So mm. like that throughout the more gigs they start doing, the more popular they become, and they become like a local thing. Like you go into the commitments show, that kind of thing. Mm. But the best things in it, in my opinion, are the bits where he's in the bath, uh, being interviewed by yeah, Terry yeah. Logan, where he's just talking into like a, a loafer, basically. Who hasn't done that? Yeah. Yeah, or looking in the mirror, isn't he, giving the interview? Yeah, yeah. With his uh, with his brother there as well, <coughs> half the times. Yeah, very very funny. Very. But yeah, film. really really fantastic film. No, I always want um, to see it. Yeah, anyone listening, if you haven't seen the commitments, you see the commitments, and just like the Blues Brothers, it's one of those soundtracks that just always mm. sells. And also, very much like the Blues Brothers, a lot of the songs aren't original songs. Mm. I don't think any of the songs no. are original songs. They're just like soul standards. Um, but they're just so... But, but done in that guy's voice, what's his name? Um, Andrew Strong, with yeah. him singing them. I mean, it's just it's something else. And the girls sing some as well, and they're, they're fine. Mm. But um, when he sings, it just... Well, it's amazing. Um, okay, so what we're going to be looking at next is we asked for some uh, feedback from um, you guys. The listeners, you guys, I don't mean you guys, Terry and Dan, um, about favourite films about fictional bands. And there were three films which stood out like head and shoulders above any other films that people recommended um, or suggested. 
um, that people were loving about fictional bands. We're going to talk about these three are basically going to form our top three, if you like. So the third most um, mentioned film about a fictional band that people said was their favourite was the film Almost Famous. Dan, <laughs> take the floor. Uh, consistently been up there as one of my favourite films since I saw it at the cinema. Um, and when I saw it at the cinema, it was very much... I went with the guys who I was in a band with to see it, to start with. Um, and there is one scene in it in particular where they are preparing to go on stage and then they go on stage and the lights come down and then the crowd start cheering and they burst into their first song. That At that point, I kind of fell in love with this film. Uh, I listened to the soundtrack daily on the way to work every morning I am obsessed with this film almost to a certain uh, point it's based on Cameron Crowe's life it's semi-autobiographical about him trying to get an interview with I think it's Led Zeppelin Hmm. and uh, (coughs) Rolling Stone (coughs) Rolling Stone had trashed all the Led Zeppelin albums at this point and there's this 15 year old kid following them trying to get an interview with them because they've tried everything to get interviews with them but Rolling Stone had trashed everything Led Zeppelin had done at the point and in the end, the story is that just through sheer exhaustion and feeling sorry for this 15-year-old kid, they give him an interview. And it's surrounded by this rock and roll lore as well. He's married to Nancy Wilson from Hearts, who does most of the original songs in it. Um, he's got a genuine love of rock music and likes to... And, and any Cameron Crowe film is linked heavily to music one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was friends with like Tom Petty, for example. Um, it's just this real kind of deep dive into 70s rock music and really the death of 70s rock music um, by someone that was kind of there in the situation as being what is referred to in Almost Famous as the uncool. He's this 15-year-old kid who's just a music nerd, basically, Mm. just loves everything about music and will do anything for these bands. Um, And when they start treating him like they're his friend, he feels awesome, he starts hanging out with the... The groupies, or they're not called the groupies in this. God, what are they called in it? Um, not the Band-Aids. The, uh, anyway, uh, Penny Penny Lane is mm. the main one. That's um, Kate Hudson's character in it. Um, and he kind of falls in love with her. She's in love with the guitarist from Stillwater. As are you. Oh, my God. Russell Hammond's just the coolest person. Total prick, but but really, really cool. And it just, um, it's this story about, it's, it's from his viewpoint, basically. And every aspect of rock music fandom is involved in it one way or another. There's the snobbery. There's a bit when they're in the hotel and there's these two fans talking about, I mean, they like Aladdin saying, but, you know, just they prefer early David Bowie. And then David Bowie walks into the hotel and you just see the top of his head. And they just go ape shit because they're so in love with David Bowie. But at the same time, they're David Bowie fans, so, you know, whatever. They don't really care about him. There's the Led Zeppelin fan who um, came up quite a big actor. He's just the Jay guy. Bricherell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wondered if, because you were just saying that um, the director was a big Led Zeppelin fan, yeah. I just wondered if that character was probably probably like a little bit of a takeoff on him. Yeah. Yeah, almost certainly. Almost certainly. Um, but then the music itself is incredible. Any, any Stillwater songs, even if you only hear five minutes of it, five minutes would be quite a long time in a song, even if you only hear like 20 seconds of it, sorry. Um, they've obviously put a lot of time and effort into writing at least a verse or a chorus and then there's a couple of uh, complete songs on it I just start it's one of those films I can put on any time and I will have to watch the whole film and I I will force myself to watch the three hour untitled version which has got an extra half an hour in it it's not a short film but it feels like it's a short film and I think that's one of the 
the best things you can say about the film. I love it. Mm. And I, I can watch it over and over again. And I think anyone that's... I don't, I've never known anyone that's gone, well, that's shit, isn't it? I think it gave a, a fresh lease of life to the song uh, Tiny Dancer as well. Oh, I My was going to say, that's God, the, yeah. that little sing-along in the bus I know. magic. I don't think anyone, anyone can now be in a vehicle where Tiny Dancer comes in and the whole car not to sing along. Mm. Um, I think the, it's the law. One of my favourite things about it is that originally they they were going to include a scene with Stairway to Heaven, but they couldn't get the rights to it from Led Zeppelin. So they were there's a, a deleted scene on one of the DVD versions I've got. It might be on the Blu-ray version as well, where um, they basically tell you to queue up Stairway to Heaven at the same time, and they the whole scene's silent, uh, and it's him acting out Stairway to Heaven throughout the whole thing. And he's he's already told his mum he goes. Look, they're not evil. Whatever you hear about them, this song's about Tolkien. You love Tolkien. This is amazing. And then it's the whole of Stairway to Heaven. And I've never tried queuing it up at the same time to see if it's still amazing. We should have done that, yeah. I know. But but it's just, um, it's a real, it's a cult film in the sense that I, I personally want to know more and more about it. The more I know about it, the more I fall in love with it. So. Mm. I also obviously enjoy the scene on the plane which crashing and they're all confessing to Fuck it. all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm gay. And then it levels out. Yeah. It's his face more than anything. Yeah, but yeah it, it's it's brilliant. And Because they pretty much all slept with his wife, the manager's <laughs> yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah. It's, heart, it's, it's heartbreaking. But then at the same time, the, the genuinely awkward scenes in the, in the dressing rooms as well, everything in the dressing room is pretty awkward. <coughs> Whether it's the, uh, you know, because what does my opinion matter? I'm just one of the out of focus guys. Yeah. Or the bit where he's talking about rock and roll saving the world. It's it's just incredibly awkward. They're in, they're all up their own ass. I am a golden a god. I'm a golden god. Yeah. And you can tell Rolling Stone magazine that my last words were, I'm on drugs. But yeah, it's amazing. I I, I now want to. I've talked myself into wanting to watch it again. Well, it's in the it's in the Xbox if you want to watch uh, it. I probably won't do it now because it's quite late. Yeah. yeah. And it's not the untitled version. Yeah. Well, it's, it's on there. The Blu-ray. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on there. I, got, I put the pleb version on. Yeah. Mm. I only own the pleb version. But that's the, the, the Blu-ray version's got the... the... I've only got it on DVD. Uh, I've got a version, a US version on DVD that comes with a live CD by Stillwater. They're not a real band. And I, it's got six tracks on it. So. Who does the singing? I don't know. It's I, not Jason Lee. No, no, he, no. He mimed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I'm 90% certain that Nancy Wilson from Heart wrote all the songs because she re- writes all the incident- incidental music in it as well. So. Cool. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah um, no real surprise there. No. Um, we were expecting to see Almost Famous be one of the most mentioned films. Hmm. The next film that was mentioned was a massive surprise. And, um, frankly, I'm shocked to my core that more people um, suggested this or said that it was one of their favourite fictional bands over uh, Stillwater Mm. Um, and it was a film that Terry and I both had to rush to Netflix to watch (laughs) it's Josie and the Pussycats yeah (laughs) Dan looks happy with that no I I liked Josie and the Pussycats I actually quite enjoyed it I have to admit it's not brilliant Mm. as a and obviously compared to Almost Famous or even like Obviously, Crazy Heart has not made this list. Inside Lorena Davis has not made this yeah. list. But I actually quite enjoyed it. I like how sort of on the nose it is and how piss-takey of itself is. Yeah. Alan Cumming is clearly having the absolute time of his life Chewing in that Chewing the scenery part. throughout yeah. the whole film, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I wouldn't want rush to see it again, but 
did okay. Sonia's looking at me like she wants death to fall upon me. Yeah, I, that's that was a waste of my time watching that film. Let, Dan, have you got anything to say about? It? I, I, I'm annoyed that it's on this top three list. It shouldn't be anywhere near a top three list, but it wasn't as but, awful you know, as I was expecting. Asking people for their feedback, and even just people that I, you know, if if I was just see it's like mm. seeing mates. Oh, by the way, I'm talking about fictional bands on my podcast. What are your favourite films about fictional bands? The amount of people just went, oh, have you seen Josie and the Pussycats? And then I even I said to Terry, I even got a rendition of Backdoor Lover in the pub <laughs> from someone. I was just like, are you having a laugh? Um, I thought it was okay. Hmm. Um, but like we were saying just earlier about would you put a CD on in your car and listen to the songs? No, I fucking wouldn't. I no. couldn't tell you any of the songs. Backdoor Lover. Yeah. Um, Wasn't one of I prefer, the I prefer yeah. Du Jour to... Um, Josie and the Pussycats, but then they sounded just like Backstreet Boys, and I like mm. Backstreet Boys. So, um, and the the woman in it, um, like the Fiona. head of the record company, Fiona, just such an awful character, mm. so shitly done. And I, I know think it's that like, was on purpose, though. Oh, was My just, reading of it was that it was deliberately shit. It was <sighs> in that era of Scream, Starship Troopers. And films I like, like those this. films. Because yeah, they it's, say it's to all, a character, yeah. "Why are you here?" And she says, "Because I was in the comic book." Yeah, but that was good. Comic book. Yeah, that was good. Was, that was like the best line in the from, film for me. It's from the Archie comics, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so, I don't. Yeah. I don't know what the Archie comics are, but I've heard of them. I don't mm. know what they are, but that line I thought was the best bit in it. Where it's like, you know, I don't even know why you're here because mm. I'm in the comic book. But then that I just found, I don't know. It was just, I was just, I hated so much about it more than I liked Josie and the Pussycats were in Riverdale as well yeah, which is the Archie TV series which is worth a watch I know all of that too um, right are we done with Josie and the Pussycats because yep. mm. I'm fucking annoyed that that's above Almost Famous but anyway <laughs> we're about to turn it up to 11 <laughs> and the most uh, mentioned film um was This Is Spinal Tap, that fictional band. Um, and as I mentioned on the last pod, um, I had not seen Spinal Tap, and you suggested it should be my Kex file. I actually chose something else for my Kex file, but of course I did watch This Is Spinal Tap for the first time in preparation for this pod. Um, this is the number one film, as voted for, if you like, by our listeners about fictional bands. Who wants to talk about it? Terry? Go on, Dan. No, I, I mean, I loved This Is Spinal Tap. This is the only band on the list that I've actually seen live as well. Um, but I, it's just such... Everything... If someone was to say this is an actual documentary, and I think Ozzy Osbourne said yeah. this, that this is the most real... This is an actual documentary. This this is all stuff. He went through a screening yeah. and didn't know why people were laughing because he thought it was a genuine documentary. Yeah. People have got lost on their way to stages before. Mm. That's that's an actual thing. Um, the the uh, Stonehenge thing being the wrong dimensions. That's, that was that's my favourite scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, the songs themselves. My my favourite image is the guitarist playing the guitar with a violin. Yeah, it sticks in my head. Or obviously the one where he's sitting there talking about the guitar. Don't don't touch it. Don't don't even look at it. That amazing. Obviously all the knobs going up to eleven. It's yeah. just. It's it's a group of people obviously having a very good idea, and 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 consistently have coming up with these ideas for these documentaries that they seem to do, fairly semi regularly at least, and doing quite a good job with it. Yeah, but it's just 
She's so on the nose and so mm. subtle. Because obviously, comes in a t- obviously now. There's loads of mockumentaries, and that's like a proper Star Wars. It wasn't such a thing then. And another thing with like you saying about Ozzy Osbourne, Liam Gallagher didn't realise Spinal Tap weren't real. He went to <laughs> they did a gig, and they've also done a. I can't. Is it a Mighty Wind? The film yeah. they've done where they do a, they're a folk band and they or Breaking Wind as it was called to me. <laughs> and they came out as the band from that. Yeah. And someone said to Liam. You know they're not real, and apparently he was so livid he left because he thought Spinal Tap were a real band and that was a real documentary. And it's just, so it's just the subtle things. Them walking around and getting lost. It's just so yeah, yeah. stupid, but so funny. The, the revolving door of drummers as well. Yeah, just... yeah. The police said it's best not to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love... something like they've had thirty-seven members, but three of them have always been in it. So they've had like thirty-four drummers. <laughs> He, if he's like the fire, and then he's like the ice. What's the line? And he goes, "I'm like, you know, what, do you, what does that make you?" And he goes, "I guess I'm the, the lukewarm water." <laughs> Love it. When did it come out? Seventies. It must. Yeah, be I'm sure. guessing the late seventies. I don't. I don't I'll know. Investigate. But, yeah. but but while we're there, along the same line as the title for pop stars, never stop, never stopping. You've got tonight. I'm going to rock you tonight. Which uh, cracks me up every time, which is a song from This Is Spinal Tap. 1984. Yeah, wow. I thought it was later than that. Um, so this was my first time watching it. I watched it the other day. Mm. Um, maybe I came to the party too late. I don't know. I really? think it's one I of those things it. where it's been parodied mm. so much. A bit like what we talk about with Halloween and other films, like classic films. Because cause obviously The Simpsons have done a Spinal Tap episode and done lots of segments like when a band comes out and they forget what town they're playing, mm. that's been done a few times in Simpsons. So it's one of those things, if you haven't seen it at the time or before you've seen all those parodies, it might not So ex- I think the problem with me watching it for the first time last week was exactly, I think you said, the problem Steve had with Halloween was when he was just kind of like, it's copying everything else. Mm. I watched it, I watched it with my dad. It was actually my, I didn't realise because it was my dad's copy of the film, but he'd not actually watched it. He was just like, oh, I picked up a copy ages ago because... So many people had said about it. He goes, I've never actually watched it. He enjoyed it. I really didn't. And I I felt like they were trying really hard to be funny. I didn't actually realise it was as old as it was. I thought it was newer and it was it was made mm. to look old. Now that you're saying it's from 1984, I'm thinking, well, okay, maybe then they weren't trying hard to be funny. It actually was just them doing it. But for me watching it now, I'm like you say, because there are so many stuff, or there are so mm. many stuff like this out, I was just watching it just going, they're trying really hard to be funny and they're trying really hard to be British and funny. Um, for me, for that sort of style documentary, as soon as I'd finished watching it, I wanted to watch some Brian Pern mm. because that I find really funny. Yeah, Spinal Tap. And I'll probably, this is probably going to make me unpopular because obviously loads of people love This Is Spinal Tap. Wasn't doing it for me at all. Well, I would, um, yeah, mic I, drop. Yeah, I wouldn't even spend the 50p to have it as part of my DVD collection. The Kex file. I'm glad it wasn't my Kex file because for once I got Kex file I liked. Hmm. You're probably going to be really annoyed when it gets my Kex file and I preferred it to Spinal Tap. I preferred Still Crazy to Spinal Tap. Oh, I've not seen Still Crazy to comment I liked, on that. But. I like Still Crazy. Oh, no, it's I not It's not the same style yeah, of film yeah, 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 at all, yeah. but I watched the two very close together um, and I, I preferred it. Maybe because they were actually British, I don't know, and it's not me 
you know, it's not about me saying, oh, they've got to be British in it, but it was the fact that they were trying to be British in it, and I, I think that was annoying me as well. I prefer Josie and the Pussycats to Spinal Tap. I don't really. Lots of people prefer Josie and the Pussycats to Almost Famous. I know, that, yeah. <sighs> and Dan will hunt each and every one of them down and give them a lecture. Yeah, I'll tell them why they're wrong. Um, so yeah so a little bit of a disappointing top three for me Uh, disappointing top two anyway number three was alright moving on then moving on Um, Terry that was our um, top three films about fictional bands what did you bet as your Kex file my Kex file Hmm. so my Kex file is this film Rockstar starring Mark Wahlberg or Marky Mark as some may know him uh, I didn't realise until afterwards when I was reading the trivia. Apparently it's based on Judas Priest. So Mark Wahlberg is a guy who is in... Steel Dragon is the name of the fictional band. He's in a tribute act where he is the lead singer and mm. somehow gets spotted and they get rid of their lead singer and he comes in to take over. Um, and it's sort of his journey being like this really nice guy with Jennifer Anderson as his girlfriend and he basically becomes a rock star, starts doing drugs, starts shagging around... Treats his girlfriend like shit. Treats his girlfriend like shit. The rest of the band are like wankers. He goes to do the album. They're like, no, 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 you're just the singer. You don't write songs. Um, it's okay. I thought... like I preferred it to Spinal Tap. <laughs> I rewatched this recently as well. So I've seen, I own Rockstar as part of my collection. It's so my cup of tea. It's hair metal, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the Marky songs Mark are good. with long hair and guy To be fair, hell. <laughs> his wig was really good. Oh, His hair looked like proper... Um, Jennifer Aniston's hair. and Jason Fleming rocking up as the actual singer as well, which a bit, like the band. Obviously, again, it's like an English band, so it's just some of the people playing. Like, Timothy Spall being like the, the fixer, mm. whatever you want, let me know. But no, I thought the songs were really good, but I just thought like the actual characters and the acting in it, I just didn't didn't really like. I watched it, and it was just I was doing ironing, and it was just like. I think with a lot of a lot of the films that we've talked about, it's a they've been about a band that have a rise to success, fall out a bit, mm. and either reconcile or split up and do their own thing. Mm. And they're all essentially the same story, aren't they? Pretty um, much. I I really like Rockstar, um, and I really like the songs and the soundtrack. So the songs that aren't. The mm. band. Have you seen Rockstar? Yeah, yeah I like Bon Jovi really and that proper... They've got Bon Jovi, they had Def Leppard, they had Motley Crue. Yeah. Oh, I was just like, in excess at one point, they're in a club and in excess are playing. I was just like, oh, this is so cool. Um, and I was, because I didn't realise, because I was watching it thinking, that could be Marky Mark singing, it could mm. be Marky Mark. And if it was singing, him singing, I would have been so impressed. It was not him singing. No. But... Um, yeah, I really liked it. And I love I love it at the end as well, where he sort of goes off in that slightly different direction, cuts his hair a bit short. Yeah, and again, I, it's still not him singing. I am... Um, with regards to it being um, based on Judas Priest, I thought it just lent... I thought... What I read was that it had similarities in the sense that the singer came out mm. as gay. Mm. That's what I read. Not that it was and based they on took Judas like Priest. A new, was just... And they took a new singer on. Yeah, I, I thought it was because when they found a singer in a tribute band. I thought that's what it's based on. Oh, so we've yeah. all heard different things. Yeah. Um, bloody internet. Mm. Um, yeah, I like Rockstar. No, I didn't hate it, but I'm not in a rush to watch it again. Racist. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What was your Kex file? My Kex file was School of Rock. Yay! Um, and I managed to find as well, 
Not only did I find a copy of School of Rock for 50p, but I found a DVD triple pack, and it's also got Orange County and Without a Paddle, and not in too battered a case No, that's in a nice case. I know, right? I'm actually a little bit disappointed that this is uh, might be being given away. but um, Surely you can just give the one disc away. Well, no, because I like School of Rock. Anyway, so for for those of you who don't, who don't know, uh, Jack Black plays an unemployed... Um, guy who uh, was in a band he's been ditched by his band um, and they were about to take part in like um, the battle of the bands and he was like really looking forward to it he was really desperate to win but his band have ditched him he hasn't got a job his housemate and his housemate's girlfriend are like hassling him for rent and to get a job and stuff Um, and one day he's at home and someone rings up for his housemate who's a substitute teacher and he pretends to be his housemate and he goes to work at this school as a substitute teacher um, and whilst he's there, he sees the kids having their music lessons, sees that some of them are really talented and decides to start a band with the kids. Um, he pretends it's like it's some kind of like super secret school project and so they're not allowed to tell anyone. But sort of as the film goes on, he kind of like wins the kids over, gets them interested in rock music. He does like history of rock lessons mm. where he's telling them all about rock bands and like their homework. He stood at the front of the class just handing out CDs. So the drummer's got to listen to a Rush CD um, who's got to listen to the Jimi Hendrix CD? Oh, the guitarist. Um, you know, and he's giving, like, yeah. some of the girls are doing, like, backing vocals, and they're being given, like, Aretha Franklin CDs and stuff. It's just so cool the way he's handing out the CDs. Um, and essentially, and he just kind of, like, helps these... All these kids have got their own, like, little issues and stuff. He kind of, like, wins some of the kids over. He sort of helps them build their confidence by showing them that they've got these talents and that they should use them and the parents come around and sort of see that they've got talents. Because essentially what he does is he starts a band with the kids, they go to the Battle of the Bands, they perform at the Battle of the Bands and all the parents turn up all up in arms but then watch their kids perform and kind of go, oh my God, my son playing rock music Mm. actually isn't the worst thing in the world. And they perform a song that was written by the kids and stuff like that. Um, And I just, honestly, I've always dismissed this film I've never sort of thought to watch it because I don't like Tenacious D have you then, not seen it before no this was my wow. Kex file do you know how Kex file do you actually listen to our podcast Dad? no <laughs> um, I don't like Tenacious D mm. especially and therefore had avoided anything with Jack Black in it because I assumed that I would not like it which also mm. went for Jack Black films um, but I I really really liked it. I liked um, I liked the singing in it. I even thought the the kids doing their little song um, or their little songs at the end. I thought they were they were pretty cool. Mm. They were kind of fun. Um, I I liked Jack Black's enthusiasm for rock music because he's talking about exactly mm. the kind of music that I like and just the way he's driving in his car, just like singing his heart because he sings the immigrant song at one point and the immigrant song is my favourite song of all time and just like his like enthusiasm which he then passes on to the kids and you've got these little kids that are now listening to like rather than playing their classical music in music class they're like listening to the Ramones and writing their own rock songs and stuff and it's just really cool um, very much get a thumbs up from me it's very rare for me to get a Kex file that I like this is enjoyable um, I liked it a lot I liked it a lot Terry have you seen it? I saw it when it was at the cinema, which having just looked on the back was 2003. Wow. Uh, I It was me and Gemma, and we had like a personal screening because no one else was in there. Um, I remember enjoying it. Is that because it, you smell so bad? Quite possibly. Um, I remember enjoying it, but I can't really remember a lot of it, to be honest. 
I um I went to see it with the the guys I was in a band with again. It was another one of those. There's a bit where there's like a montage in the middle, and they're showing them um like like Angus Young and like yeah, Jimmy yeah. Jimmy Page. And I remember getting goosebumps myself, thinking, oh, I fucking loved Angus Young. Mm. And like I and I I was when I went to see it, I was if I wasn't working or or, or I, I was I was probably playing guitar so badly but um that that was my life pretty much and and school of rock i think does a really nice job it's not too cheesy it's just cheesy enough mm. i think um like the bit where he's sitting talking to um uh joan cusack and uh stevie nicks comes on and it was just as bootylicious had come out as well so you hear that yeah yeah, yeah. You, you hear that and so Everyone in the head thinks that it's going to be Destiny's Child mm. because that's what you're used to hearing. But it was this, the original Stephen yeah. Hicks version. Um, a long way to the rock top. If you want to rock and roll at the end with the kids singing, I think it's really sweet. And he obviously really bonded with the kids as yeah. well. See, that's what I thought as well. Like potentially with all those kids in it, it had the it had the potential for being utter cringy yeah. shit um, and like really naff. But I don't mm. think it was naff no. at all. And even at the end, like after they've done the Battle of the Bands and that. And then you see what sort of like happens afterwards. Mm. It it didn't become like too saccharine or anything like that. It was just still stayed cool. And the song itself is a really good song. Mm. The one that the they they play at the Battle of the Bands. And I remember that being played on Kerrang TV pretty much like every hour. Mm. And it's still it, it it's a cheesy kids film, mm. but it's it still it held its own. I love um, what's the line I love in it? And she, when she's talking about how she plays cello. She goes, turn it on his side and cello, you got a bass. <laughs> I love that for some reason. That always sticks in my head. Um, cool. Anything else about School of Rock? Uh, it's no, I love it. It's yeah, better, it's better than Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, yeah, really, really enjoy that. Well, happy with it. Okay, so there was a couple of listener suggestions, um, which t- didn't even fall onto Terry and my uh, radar. One of them was the jazz singer. Um, I know, right? Like, how did we not <laughs> think of the jazz singer? Um, so, I mean, I haven't seen a jazz singer. No, it's, about, it's about a guy who has to basically sort of go against his orthodox Jew upbringing to mm. follow his dream of becoming a singer. You've got Neil Diamond in it. Yes. Yeah. Um, one version. There's, there's an Al Jolson version. There's an original version as well. Version yeah. as well. Um, that's one of my mum's favourite films. Mm. And my mum said, well, of course you've got the jazz singer on your list. And I was just like, <laughs> fuck no. How did we not think of the jazz singer? Um, and then the other one that was suggested to us um, was Velvet Goldmine, which James got in touch. Yeah, we both looked for it at Kex and we couldn't find it. Um, and he said, uh, my favourite fictional band of all time are Kurt Wilde and the Rats from Velvet Goldmine. Mm. Uh, they're dangerous, noisy, weird, and basically the Stooges. Um, it should also be pointed out that it's the only occasion that Ewan McGregor has sung in a film and I have not wanted to vomit. Um, All the songs written by... Well, no wonder if it's the James, I think it is. Uh, The ex-guitarist from Suede wrote most of the songs along with uh, Tom York and Johnny Greenwood. Oh, Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. And well, Tom York's Um, now got into the soundtracks business, hasn't he? Done the uh, Suspiria soundtrack. Yeah, I haven't listened to that yet. Um, Not a massive fan of his stuff. Anyway, Mm. anyway... um, so, there, there, okay, so that kind of like rounds up our um, our list of fictional bands that we've been talking about. There were some um, films that we 
between us we've seen but not recently enough to talk about so things like dream girls terry and i've both mm-hmm. seen recently you know i went to see it recently as theater um one which terry uh, mentioned which i totally forgot about and i couldn't believe was eight mile yeah oh my god i know yeah, yeah. right how do we forget about eight mile things like music and lyrics which terry's seen but also someone else got in touch and mentioned music and lyrics frank i don't know the film frank is that the one with the big head yeah, yeah with what michael fassbender yeah, it's based on a Mark Ronson book, isn't it? I can't remember the band that he's in. And oh God, what was the uh, uh, Sidebottom Frank? Sidebottom, yeah, Frank yeah. Sidebottom. That's the character from. Like, she was like an eighties yeah. like, like TV late character 80s, early 90s, with the big yeah. paper mache head. Yeah. But so who's the fictional musician in it? But he's Frank is the lead yeah. singer of a band. Oh right, yeah. oh right, okay. Um, and then Walk Hard, what's that? So that is a piss take film, which basically takes the piss out of Johnny Cash's. Thing with yeah. um, John C. Riley yeah. as Dewey Cox. Okay. Um, okay, so we've got, just got a few notable mentions before we go on. Terry, uh, Dan, you had your hands up? Yeah, I was going to mention a film, but if you, you might be in the notable mentions. So Let's see if it's in the notable yeah, mentions yeah, yeah. and then you can. I'd add. imagine it probably is. So the first notable mention, which Terry and I are really undenied about, should it, did it belong in this category or not, is Whiplash. Yeah. Um, why did we decide it wasn't? We decided it wasn't because he wasn't like. A musician in the fact of making albums, performing. He mm. was just a drummer in a school band. So we felt he wasn't a musician enough to be. Although Whiplash essentially is a film about a musician. It was... It's, it's just a to, gut it's feeling. It's hard to describe yeah. how it didn't fall into our yeah. category. Um I guess because it wasn't a set band, was it? It no. was just like... Because there was three... Because there's obviously the iconic scene where he's got the three drummers literally playing till their hands mm. bleed yeah. to get to his rhythm. Um, but uh, Whiplash, I think Terry and I have mentioned on numerous occasions how Phenomenal much we love this film. film. Um, such a great film. So, so good. Um, the other one that I want to mention um, is Little Voice. Um, oh my God, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I love Little Voice. I really, really love it. It's easily one of my like favorite. Probably like a comfort film. Um, and again, she's not really because she she shies away. She doesn't want to perform. She's called Little Voice because she has a little voice when she speaks. She's so painfully shy. But there's this fantastic um, climax of the film when she performs and she basically mimics other artists. And there's this montage of her singing and doing these impersonations. It's actually Jane Horrocks singing, isn't mm. it? She does these impersonations of these singers and they're just bang on. Um, but, you know, she's playing a fictional character who is a... who can sing. Is she mm. a singer? Well, yes, yeah, she is a mm. singer because she's singing, but she's she doesn't want to perform. Yeah. But she, I'd, I felt it deserved a notable mention because Jane Horrocks is so amazing in it and she comes out at the end of the film and does something which I never thought <laughs> she could do. Um, but she does sing amazingly well. And one which didn't make any any lists, um, no listeners got in touch to mention this film, but everyone should be watching this film, is Sing Street. Oh, my God. Is that that's the film you were going to mention? Gonna mention? Yeah, yeah. I love this film so much. Dan, you can talk about Sing Street. Sing Street Have is... Have you seen it, Terry? No. Oh, I was gonna... you need it was to on, on Netflix. It. I was going to watch it, then it got taken off. It, I think the, what puts people off Sing Street is it looks like it's a kids trying, film. Yeah, and it's really not. It's it's a I would say a decent successor to the commitments. Uh, there's there's some arming and ahhing about there's a there's a character that rearing rabbits, and the director said that it's not a direct <laughs> reference to Jimmy Rabbit from the commitments, but it kind of is because like um, but it's about this guy falls in love with a girl and he goes up to her and goes I'm in a band, 
and he's not in a band at the time, but then forms a band and he goes, do you want to be in my music video? So then it's all about him getting a band together, him going up to this amazing musician and going, do you want to be in a band? And the guy goes, yes. And it's that simple. And then they go to all these different people, get them together and write really good songs. And the best thing about the film is he's got this, this, his brother in the film is, is like his, almost like his teacher in regards to, to the music. So he'll sit him down and say, here, listen to this, this is The Cure. And then the next song they write sounds like The Cure. Mm. Here, this is Duran Duran. The next song they write is, sounds like <coughs> Duran Duran. Set in the 80s in Ireland, as his family are going through a rough time, they're going through a divorce. Like his parents are getting divorced and they're arguing and they don't have much money. They can't afford to send him to the posh school anymore. He ends up going to the, the, the school where he gets the shit beaten out of him, not just by students, but he's got a teacher slash uh, priest who really has it in for him um, and music is very much his outlet in the same way that it obviously is for his brother as well who has kind of like a stereotypical dropout vibe to him I think mm. is but he's a, he's just a good guy who just wants what's best for his brother um, the girl who in his head is perfect obviously the more he gets to know her realises she's not perfect there's a lot going on with her but what makes it is that the music sounds like they've made the music themselves mm. it sounds like they've got a little band together and made it but written some really good songs um in between some great 80s music i mean it starts with motorhead the whole film starts with motorhead um i just absolutely love this film i think mm. it probably enter my top 20 films of all time it's now so so good what i think feel about sing street as well and this i feel this way about the commitments and it not many of the film, not many of the um, other bands and musicians on this list. I get this vibe with. Maybe it's the way it's filmed, but I can actually believe that they're a group of people that would hang out together yeah. and be in a band. Whereas the others, it's so um, either too glossy or like like we were saying about Star Is Born. Mm. I don't believe that mm. Barbara and Chris would actually be together making music. Whereas I kind of feel like the kids on Sing Street. Yeah would actually hang out and be like, I can believe that that's actually a band. Well, they're all actual musicians. So they had the, the director, oh, the guy who directed once, uh, a name I can't remember, but he, he, he had the choice of getting actors that could play instruments or musicians that could act a little bit. And he went with musicians that could act a little bit. Um, and I think it really works. Again, really, which yeah. is what they did with the commitments. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what the Glenn Hansard connection, he wrote one of the songs for... Sing Street and was in Once obviously but he was obviously in The Commitments as well so there's this this running theme of like this group of people that obviously are mm. friends and when they call him they can call him favours every now and then um, the ending made me cry I don't mind admitting that um, if the, it ended the way the director originally wanted to end it would have been harrowing but um, it's just a beautiful film I think as well and and the, the songs in it are great but they sound really kind of ramshackle mm. as well. Um, and I love just like that how how just matter of fact they all are throughout the film. The guitarist in it is just really like you never hear him raise his voice or anything. You never really see him crack a smile or something unless he's playing music. And that's when he really gets into it. And there's a real feeling of like this love of, of making music together, like these group of people that come together and do something that they love doing, which I'm a massive fan of anyway. Um, and yeah, I just, I just start to finish, just fell in love with it. Yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic film. Everyone should watch it. Um, 
Terry, just very quickly go through your uh, little lists that you've got for us there. Okay, so we've got some fictional bands, but they're not the subject matter of the films that they're in. So they've appeared, yeah. Yeah, so bands that have appeared in films. Yeah, so there's five I've got here. So there's the Weird Sisters, which are in yes. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, with the lead singer of Jarvis Cocker. They're at the like the ball they have. Mm. Uh, uh, it's also an over Terry Pratchett book. Is it? Now? I wonder if that's, that's why possibly she called what, him. Possibly. Is it weird about WY? No, it was originally, but then they changed it to the normal spelling of weird. So maybe they had rights issues or something. Uh, and then one, I didn't know this was. Can the I just can I just <coughs> say, quite a few people did get in touch about the Weird Sisters. Yeah, uh, it came up a lot when I was googling stuff. It came oh, okay. On a lot of lists, so I didn't know that this band had a name, but. Figuring Dan and the Modal Nodes is the Cantina Band in yeah. Star Wars. I didn't know they had an actual name. I thought they were just, just the, the Cantina, Cantina Band. band yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously they come up on a lot. Uh, you'll like this one. Autobahn from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> obviously we see, Johnson. Yeah, we see yeah. a small clip of a music video in there. Uh, Sect Bomb from Scott Pilgrim <sighs> Against the World. I've not seen that film. Oh, my oh, God. Actually, a few God. people did suggest that film. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it really counts as having being a music book. Because I was umming and ahhing about that. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, they're throughout the whole film, but it's not really about them. Yeah, yeah, a little bit like one of the other films that you must have them on your list. Is it the one you suggested to me earlier? No, don't know. Who did well, I suggest? I guess to we'll earlier? find out. So the last one I've got on this, there were loads, and I just randomly picked five essentially. So this is one that again was sent in by a listener. So you got Hangman's Joke, which is the band from The Crow, mm. which. Oh, you don't yeah. necessarily see them that much, but we do hear them. That, but that's Eric Draven's band before he's offed. No, I was thinking of Wild Stallions. Didn't you fucking think of oh Wild Stallions? Oh, fucking hell. Like you were saying, they're, yeah. they're, they are such a big part of the yeah. film, but the film isn't about yeah. the band, yeah. is it? I did. I used Wild Stallions in the bloody Instagram post. Why they didn't end up on this, I don't know. Dearie me. Crucial Taunt? <coughs> From Wayne's World, which is Tia Carrera's band. Oh. The Shitty Beatles. Which is one Meatloaf mentions. Um, Sex Bomb, quickly. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. All the songs written by Beck. Oh, okay. And mm. they're really good. Well, he's good friends with Edgar Wright, isn't exactly, he? Yeah. Um, and you got some cameos for us. Yeah. Terry. Then the other list. So as I was saying earlier, so I was googling like cameo. Obviously, oh, some I that knew. Cameo, yeah. Some I knew. Some. So I was sort of googling cameos, and genuinely on a list of top twenty cameos of musicians in films came up. Will Smith in Muhammad Ali, <laughs> uh, which if you've seen the film Ali, he plays Muhammad Ali. So he's in 99.9% of the film. It's for me, oversteps the cameo aspect. I did think it was odd, the two minute sequence uh, when he starts singing Men in Black halfway yeah. through that. Talked boom, about how his life boom, got flipped. Boom, shake the room. Yeah. And how his Wild, life got West. flipped, turned <laughs> upside down. Yeah. Um, so other ones that I would call an actual cameo. So Michael Jackson rocks up in Men in Black 2. Yeah, yeah, that's he's on the screen. That. We mentioned it as well David Bowie and Zoolander. Yeah, where they're, they're trying to decide who's going to win, and David Bowie just appears and goes, "I think I maybe may be able to be of some assistance here," and judges the walk off. Keith Richards in Pirates of the Caribbean three yeah. as Jack yeah. Sparrow's dad. This one I didn't know about, but Blink One Eight Two are in American Pie. Oh yeah, they're watching the video. Yeah, they're the ones watching Jim yeah. with the foreign exchange student. On the camera. They don't speak. It's just all three of them watching it on a, t- on a computer monitor. Uh, this one I know you like, Sonia. Billy Idol in The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daft Punk in Tron Legacy. Oh, Surprisingly man, playing a, DJs. Such a cool scene, though. That's the best scene throughout the whole film. Is, 
Yeah, Lenny f- from Motorhead in Airheads, who's just like someone shouting from the crowd. Uh, Marilyn Manson in a shit film called Rise of the Vampire, where he plays a bartender with no makeup on. And it's probably one of those where you're looking at him going, I recognise him. And you you look at him and you're like, fuck, what, no way, is that Marilyn Manson? And then to end on my favourite, Dave Grohl as the devil in the Tenacious D movie. Yeah, yeah. And in one of their music videos as well. It's just a fabulous devil. Marilyn Manson's in uh, California Cation quite a bit as well. Not a cameo like, though, is it? But he's a, he's a yeah, kind of. He, as Marilyn Manson, but he's uh, he's generally teabagging Tim Minchin in it. It's a weird yeah, thing. Oh dear. Thanks for ending our <laughs> podcast on that day. <laughs> no, we're not going to end it there, are we? Because we're going to... We don't uh, like to end on a down note. We don't like here's to end song. on a down note. So here's a... Um, Conway Twitter. Here's a... Um, <laughs> set list that we're going to do so Dan came up with this idea that we uh, create a festival lineup or a stage lineup anyway of our favourite fictional bands slash musicians that we'd like to see performing at a festival and who do we think is going to headline it um, Terry do you want to start who would you like to I would put Bad Blake from Crazy Heart on and I would have him in this sort of the legend slot that they have yeah. at Glastonbury now so like Lionel Richie had it Barry Givant so it's sort of mid-afternoon sort of a bit People are a bit, okay. they've had a couple, but to just sort of get the crowd going because it, like, it's the classics that everyone's heard of and everyone knows. I hadn't really thought about what slot they might have. Mm. Um, I, I've got like a, a double fister, so to speak, here. I'm going with Ooh, uh. I'm going with a Coen Brothers double, obviously. I'm mm. going with the Soggy Bottom Boys performing with Lewin Davis. Oh, interesting. I've not heard the Soggy Bottom Boys, so I wouldn't know. You haven't seen our Brother Where Are There? No, I've not. Oh, man, it's a great film. But yeah, it's... Um, yeah, so the, there's real, they're very much upbeat Americana kind of country, whereas Lewin Davis is very downbeat. But I think together it's they have the similar effect to when the band and Bob Dylan perform together. Um, well, I want, I want to do a double act as well. And Lewin Davis is going to be quite busy this day. So actually, when he's finished with, um, when he's finished playing that set, he's just going to stay on stage and he's going to do a little set with um, Ali from A Star Is Born, where she's playing with some of her slower numbers Before and they're going to do went like. Shit. Oh yeah, she's not going to be doing any of our <laughs> pop numbers. She's going to be she's going to be doing that later with Josie and the Pussycats um, <laughs> <laughs> on a different stage with no one near it. They're going to uh, sit on stage and going to sing sad country and folk songs together. Mm, like Who else? Because have you seen Shallow's gone to number one? Hasn't it? Oh, the beautiful. Single. Yeah. Because Bradley Cooper's now a number one selling artist. Uh, let me think. I think you you got to throw the Blues Brothers on there as well mm. to. Pre-headline, but just to get everyone jumping for the headline, just get everyone to shake their tail feathers. Mm, I like it. I've got the two finalists of the Young Musicians of the Year Awards, School of Rock versus Sing Street. As nice. Well. Are they going to have like a proper sort of battle of the bands off? So one will do half a song, then the other will jump it'll, in. It'll be like Glee or uh, Pitch Perfect. where An acapella off. Yeah, where they, they play like half a song and then the others get involved. But yeah, yeah that sounds pretty weird, I think. Um, right in the middle of, of the afternoon, yep. I'm going to stick Deathgasm in there just to sort of like, because <laughs> you're going to have all those people that are just there, they're just going to turn up and you never know, they might pick up a few new fans because people are going to be there, they're expecting something else. They've just listened to uh, two Lewin Davis sets back to back. They're fucking depressed as anything. <laughs> um, bit of Deathgasm to uh, pick them up a little bit. Maybe to give Lewin Davis a bit of a rest, we can throw the cantina band in. <laughs> Just give him 20 minutes to go get a cup of tea. That actually might be a nice shout, because actually at the moment, with the exception of um, School of Rock and Sing Street, 
it's all a little bit depressing at the moment. Yeah, so let's throw the cantina band in there to get oh, some mind you, We've got the Blues Brothers. Mm. Yeah, Blues Brothers, that will bring everyone. So at the moment, up. at the moment, we've got uh, the Blues Brothers are on just before the main act because they're yeah. getting everyone warmed yeah. up. We've got uh, Jeff Bridges on middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Deathgasm will probably come on before Jeff Bridges. He'll calm and them then, down after <clears throat> Deathgasm. Lewin Davis is on doing two sort of like early slots. He's doing um, the acoustic stage and then he's doing... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Else, yeah, then you got Deathgasm just to like mix mix yeah. it all up a bit. You got your mate on. What's his name? Jeff Bridges. Mm. Uh, Bad Blake. Yeah. Um. Got the School of Rock kids. We got the Blues Brothers. Who's going to headline it down? I uh, well, I think the two. Josie nights. and the Pussycat. Josie and the Pussycat. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. You go with the three, uh, the three as voted for listeners mm. choices. So one night you have Spinal Tap. Mm. One night you have Josie and the Pussycats, which, you know, I'd be going off drinking somewhere else for, and then closing it all out, still water. Yeah. I'd like to see uh, Deco in there somewhere. I actually thought yeah. Deco um, doing a little little set with the Blues Brothers might be kind oh of fun. Oh, my God, yeah. A bit of soul and blues all mashed up together. That'd be amazing. Mm. Um, sex Bob-omb opening as well would be great as well. Yeah. We are hour, Sex bob Half an hour set and they get through about 30 songs. That's, that's, but it's the same song yeah, over exactly, and yeah. over. And, they, and she announces every single one of them, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we're in agreement then still what would be our, our main headline. I can imagine maybe Bad Blake coming out and doing a song with them or something. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, 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 that would be really nice. Yeah. yeah. Who can we contact about actually getting this to happen? I don't know. We need wild stallions on there as well somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> yeah. Maybe they'd compare. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. the festivals don't necessarily have compares, but I feel like Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan could step up to the I plate. I think they could come on and introduce the bands. I mean, well, I originally thought it would be Wayne Stock as well that this this would all be happening at. Or maybe the wild yeah. stallions would have a bit of a go with Spinal Tap, whip out their oh guitars. My, that would be incredible. I'd watch that. I've watched all of this. None of it's going to happen. Yeah. They're not real. Sadly not, no. Yeah. Just yeah. in our dreams. Yeah. Yeah, defo. Okay. Thanks for that, guys. It's been fun. I've liked watching films about musicians. Same. Mm. It has been enjoyable. I've really, really liked it. That's another one. Out of the hat, into the bin. Um, <laughs> We're all emotion here on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> we get, we're getting towards the end of the year now. Terry and I have just been planning our end of year um, episodes, but we've got one more pick of the hat before and Dan's going to pick it out for us Dan it needs to be a white one because we've had one of my subjects so it needs to be a white one and if it's horror themed put it straight back in the hat I love how he's still shaking it yeah. as he's doing it or he might he's just be shaking arthritis. is it white? it is it's, it's a handwritten one okay Ooh. has it got someone's name in brackets? no okay spin it Emma Thompson oh that's one of Lucy's yeah. That's a listener suggestion. We could do Emma Thompson. I'd, I'd do Emma Thompson. Oh, <laughs> I would also do Emma Thompson. God. That's made me feel sick to my stomach. Show a little respect, you two. Okay, Sorry. so this is actually um, a, oh, so listener, Lucy, a listener request. Well. A listener request. Lucy, my housemate, um, requested that we put Emma Thompson in the hat. What was that following? What did we. Oh, love actually. After yeah. we were talking about uh, comfort films, mm. um, and we said about how you know that scene with Emma Thompson. Um, oh God, I've put it back in the hat. <laughs> you do this every fucking week. It's gone back in the hat. It might come out again. Just four weeks of Emma Thompson. Yeah. So what are we going to be doing then, Terry? Just watching Emma Thompson films. 
Bagsy, Bagsy, uh, love actually. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not mine, is it? So, um, yeah, just um, are we calling it on how long she has to be in a film? We we don't need to plan this actually okay. while the the listeners are listening. Admin, they like we, this. We can we can they plan it. This. We can plan it off. I get, I get tied off for this as well. Yeah, we can we mm. can plan it another time. It's no problem. All right, right. Social media stuff. Um, you do it. I don't like doing. We are theatrical cut pod. I'm Prefax and Sonia is Mallory underscore watches all on the Instagram. What's mm. our email address, Terry, that we like people to get in touch with us? I always forget to say. Mm. It's theatricalcut at gmail.com. So if you want to get in touch with your favourite Emma Thompson films or Emma Thompson roles, uh, I mean, she's also written, I don't know if she's directed, but anything to do with Emma Thompson, if you want to let us know, get involved. Mm. Dan? We are Sex Bobom and we are here <laughs> to introduce our Twitter and our Instagram, which the Twitter is 2MTOOH. That's 2MTOOH. And our Instagram, which is TMTOOH. And our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash TMTOOH. Yes? I think I'm done. I think that's it. Oh, damn it. I'm, I'll, I'll throw out the other ones as well then, because you're going to do that. Uh, Gridiron Gents, if you like American oh, football. Oh, here we <laughs> fucking go. Guys, what's this shit? Liberties. Just, just Gridiron Gents on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow me, I'm McGloogly on everything. Do you know what? I was going to do his personal one as a joke, and he's actually put it in there for yeah. reals. Yeah, self promotion. I don't, I don't really oh. use it for anything. So. Before we go, here to play us out, Stillwater. <laughs> bang a song in there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, <I'm> just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan, edit that in for us. Just bang a song in there. I'll put the Thompson Twins in or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rick Astley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah that's Never going to give. Yeah, that's never what's happening. Give. Yeah. We're Rick rolling. Um, right, any more for any more? No, I'm done. Everyone done? Yep. Terry? Mike, drop. <laughs>